0: Create for No Reason is your weekly dose of courage to stop making excuses and start bringing your ideas to life. Hello, hello. I hope you're doing awesome. I'm excited about this episode because I'm introducing you to my friend, Victoria Payne. She is a really interesting human and someone that I was excited to have on the podcast because she started this new project and she's putting it out into the world. It is essentially, well, it's, I mean, she talks all about it. It's essentially a blog and a podcast, but she's really building it to be this brand. And the reason I wanted to invite her onto the show is to kind of just talk about what it takes to launch an idea. Because so often we have these great ideas. I want to start a newsletter. I want to start a podcast, write a book, all these things. And we stop ourselves from getting started. And so she talks about the journey of this idea that she had in her mind, and then some of the steps that she took to launch the idea and to get it off the ground and to just get started working on a project and sharing it with the world. So I thought it would be an inspiring guest to have. And hopefully you feel inspired after listening to some of the things that Victoria is going through with her project. So let me just show your, share with you a little bit about Victoria. She is a writer, a story coach and a brand storyteller based in Portland, Oregon. As a coach and storyteller, she loves helping individuals and brands make emotional connections with their audience. She publishes her own stories at The Naked Librarian, her lighthearted, full-bodied blog for women who are here for it all. So that is the new idea that she had come up with, this beautiful blog called The Naked Librarian, and that's what we're going to talk about on this episode. And so I hope it inspires you to launch your idea, whatever it is. Uh, So enjoy this episode with Victoria. Victoria, hello, hello. Thank you so much for... For chatting with me today. Yes, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's gonna be a fun conversation because you and I, when we get on the phone, it's always interesting and we always kind of talk through our feelings and our emotions and what's going on and the creative process and just all the things that go into starting a project, putting a project out into the world, writing. You're a writer, you're a beautiful writer. So uh, there's so much stuff that we get to dig into today. And you have a, a new project that you just launched not too long ago. So I'm excited to to talk through some of these, some of these ideas so you can help some, some other people get their ideas out into the world. Awesome. I love all of that. I love emo- <laughs> emotions and writing and
1: talking, all my favorite things.
0: So before we get started, when, when someone asks, Victoria, what, what do you do? How, how do you answer them? You're, you're one of those, like many listeners, very multi-passionate. You do a lot of different things, but how would you describe what you do? That is a very good question
1: because I am always thinking about my audience. So I I say what I do a little differently depending on who I'm talking to. What I probably really want to tell people is that I'm a writer because it's the most elastic thing. It's something someone understands. It's it's something almost anybody understands. And then they're like, oh, great. What do you write about? And for a long time, the answer was, well, I write for businesses and then they're like, meh, meh, you know, then they're not interested <laughs> <laughs> anymore. Unless they're a business, they're like, "Whoa, tell me more." And so, um, so in my professional money making life, um, I work as a marketer and a copywriter. That really is writing; it's storytelling, and those. That's really my foundation. So, what I like about saying that I'm a writer, though, is that's kind of how I move in the world. Is I. I notice what's around me and I build stories out of them. So with my new project that, um, that I started, I get to work as a writer, but I'm moving also into this other space where I get to be, I, I wouldn't really call myself a subject matter expert in personal growth yet, but that is a lot of what I
0: write about. So I get to be a personal growth writer. I feel like anybody that says they're an expert at personal growth, I don't know. I don't know about that, right? We're Because we, we're always growing. We're always learning, always developing. And as long as you're doing that and as long as you're kind of always in this state of curiosity and how can I get better and how can I grow? What do I, what have I learned and how can I take that to the next level? That's that's mm-hmm. what personal development well, I mean, I,
1: I guess I am a post, a personal growth expert because I'm always learning new things and I am uh, learning the hard way a lot. So <laughs> my expertise is very hard one.
0: Yeah. But that's the best way to, that's the best way to learn when you get to get over something. And then, you know, a little bit down the line, you don't, you, you don't have to, it's not as painful. The pain is no longer there, but the lesson is shiny and staring you in the face and you can help other people. And that's what it's all about. And that is really uh, what you get to do with uh, with the new project that you have. I love that you called yourself a writer because you are such a beautiful writer in everything that you do, even just your Facebook posts, your long form uh, writing that you do over there you Is is you're, you're constantly telling a story. And when we think about writing, you mentioned that you're always thinking about your audience. I feel like the best writers in the world, they get the response of, oh my gosh, Victoria, this book was for me. You were speaking directly to me. That post was directly for me. And that's a lot of talent because so often when I, when I think about writers, the, the best writers in the world, they understand that they're writing for their audience as opposed to especially business writing. I think it's really easy for, us to think we're making it about them but we're really making it about us. So, what are some of the what are some of the mistakes that you see writers make whether it's business writing or just in books or social media posts or things that you are seeing uh, in on the interwebs. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think we we're talking about two of them. One is you forget there is an audience and so it's just almost like art for art's sake which is great i i grapple with that too like sometimes my writing actually gets better when i stop trying so hard and i just say it the way i would say it if i was talking to a friend and it's it's still like if you psychoanalyze that that is really using the tool of audience it's thinking about the one person i'm talking to versus everyone i'm talking to and uh, and I think the other one is when you forget your audience, you are just naturally making it about yourself, and it's tricky because in the project that I'm working in working on, I incorporate a lot of personal stories, and I tell them because I think they're beneficial, and I feel like they might help someone else get more real with their own experiences. So. I think sometimes when we write or we share, especially in social media, it's it can be inauthentic. And I just have a real personal value around authenticity or the, uh, the attempt to be authentic. And because probably authenticity and expert are probably in the same family around. If you have to say you're authentic, you're probably not. <laughs> and so for me, I feel like, that's what I like. I like it when someone seems real to me and they have flaws. That's why I really like advertising, especially that is designed for women that shows real uh, women's real bodies. And even if I'm in an aspirational place and I'm thinking about, you know, wanting to get stronger or, you know, wanting to improve with running, I still really like seeing women that look like they are maybe not a not a sports model but somebody more like me
0: yeah so tell us okay so this is one of the reasons why you were so excited about launching your new project which is so exciting the naked librarian the best fun it's such a fun name first kind of set the set the scene what what is the naked librarian
1: so the naked librarian is I'm developing it into a brand. What it is right now is um, a blog and a podcast, and it is designed for what I call grown-ass women who care about personal growth topics, women's health, mental health, and I am a little bit on a pursuit to talk about questions that matter to me that I think will also matter to my audience. And it's, it's been really fun because, because I work in marketing, I started out from a position of, okay, I want to be really smart with how I launch this. I want to be, want to have this whole business strategy in place. And I, and I had some of those pieces, but what was happening is as a creator, I was getting really bogged down. And I just felt like there was always three more steps to do before I could actually even start creating. And at some point, and through very wise counsel from my husband, Kyle, he just said, I think you should just start. Just mm. just, just start, and we'll figure these other things and these other pieces. We'll figure it out. And so a lot of what The Naked Librarian has become has happened somewhat organically because in the beginning, I thought, okay, I can't launch a podcast right now. I've never had a podcast. That's too much for me to learn. So it's just going to be a blog. I'm just going to write something. And I was going through a hard time in my life and I ended up pursuing a topic around how to get unstuck or what to do when you feel lost as my very first subject. And I kind of wrote myself out of this dark place and by helping other people, I was helping myself. But what was so cool is it started happening almost right away. Like as soon as I started writing and putting things together, I started to feel like I had a purpose I had, which was what I was really struggling with. I was struggling with feeling like what, what's my, what's my purpose in life? And I, you know, I was having a good old existential crisis <laughs> and for good reason. You should listen to the first episode um, called The Dog Egg My Compass and you'll you'll hear you'll hear all of that story. But in terms of the creative process, I was writing this and then I thought, oh, my gosh, this is so important to me now. I'm worried that it's so long that no one's going to read it. And because we just interact with media pretty quickly. And so I was worried that it wouldn't get make its way around. And it took me so long to write it and to create it. I thought, OK, I think I'm going to audio record this so that people can, many people can engage with it and you don't have to read. And so that's what I did. And through the recording process, I found I really liked Recording and because um, my wonderful producer Kyle has so many talents, he heard the recording and was like, Oh my gosh, we have to produce this, we have to produce it with music and we need graphics. And so then he got to work because he can do all things (laughs) (laughs) creating amazing graphic design and production. And then I just had this like precious thing that I had made and it was so inspiring. And so I guess I started with what I could do, which didn't seem like a lot at the time. And then once it got created, we started to add in the pieces that maybe from the start I would have liked to have, but it was almost like, well, now we have this great present, we need some really pretty wrapping paper. And, um, and that's, that's, that's what we've been repeating. So I'm working on my fourth episode and, um, it's been, it's been really fun to be able to add almost like this entertainment value to what I was creating. And, and speaking of audience, it's been really thinking about the audience. Like the last recording that I did, we added more music, more breaks, because we wanted the audience to have some more processing time.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. So first of all, I love that you said you just had to start because that is the biggest challenge. We get so caught up in our heads of, we want to do this project, but I don't have the right equipment. I don't have the right camera. I don't know how to do it. I have never done it before. We get, we give all these, essentially they're just excuses, right? We make all these excuses as to why we shouldn't yet start. And the fact that you started and with what you could do right we can there's only you can we can't let what we wait what is that what is that great quote um don't let what you can't do stop you from doing what you can
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and focus on what you can do those small little steps you can write the blog you can i mean the this i love that you shared that starting Inspired all these other things because only by starting can you uncover some of the other things that you don't even see yet. I think so. It's so easy for us to try to almost over strategize on a project that we forget that when we just get started, your project might actually be almost unrecognizable from what you wanted it to be. And if you spent so much time strategizing on it, you might have discovered that you didn't even really want that bigger picture to begin with because you didn't get into it. You didn't kind of allow yourself to just like feel through what it would take to actually build a project like that. So we're listening to someone who's literally in the beginning stages of creating something and recognizing, oh, I put this out. And then the next one, you get a little bit better. And then the next one, you get feedback. You get feedback not only from your audience, but feedback from how you're feeling in the creative process. And for you, you really enjoy audio and now you want music and you want all these other things, but they never would have happened had you not started. Had you just been mapping this out on paper forever, it would never have felt the way that it needs to feel in order for you to do the work. So, how so all of so you said that you that this is really around you exploring some ideas that interest you. So, what are some of those ideas? What are some of the things that you really want to shed a light on? And how do you? process coming up with what's my next subject going to be?
1: Well, the first – okay, so the first question is – what kind of topics do I write about and cover? So actually I did do a very smart marketing thing when I started and I created a survey and I put it out just to my, uh, my personal audience on social media. And I had created 50 different topics. And I asked women that care about this kind of thing. Like for example, I, I, I talk about grown ass women, which, you know, sort of right away, there's going to be people that are like, well, I don't, I, I that's not me, or I'm a man,
0: or you know
1: <laughs> this sounds this sounds like for the old ladies, or I knew by using some of that language I would help people locate themselves, and so in the survey I had 50 topics that that were a combination of funny and um, but also a little bit of market research. So I had some topics that were more aligned around beauty and things like clothing and a little bit lighter topics. And then I had more questions around, you know, um, what do you wish your mom would have taught you when you were growing up? Or, you know, how do you forgive someone who's not sorry? And so I had those topics were really popular. So I discovered at least from this initial sampling that a lot of people in my would-be audience cared a lot around these harder Personal growth aspects, this idea that we may be grown up, but we're still emotionally growing, hopefully. And that's and that's the kind of stuff that I really care about. So my first my first three sort of landed in this space. Every time I try to do a light topic, it I end up making it complex. And
0: (laughs) I think that just What do you mean? How do you make
1: it complex? So, um, so my first topic, my first two topics were just complex. So I did like what's behind women and self-sacrifice. I did a topic on that. I did a topic on, you know, what happens when you feel stuck in your life or when you feel lost. And that was a lot on mental health principles that we can apply to our everyday life. But my third one, I just wanted to write about tidiness. And I thought, well, that's kind of light. It's a popular topic. Marie Kondo had just come out with a new book. I was going to maybe pair it a little bit with reading that. And I started to get into personality and uh, and then also perception, how people perceive others who are messy or or the drive behind being clean and tidy. And so it just was a much more layered topic than I thought. And a similar thing has happened with the one I'm working on now. So I I wanted to write about something light. (laughs) I wanted to write about what we wear and how what we wear can make us happy. And the more I researched it, the more I started getting into topics that I felt like could, depending on how I wrote about it, could negatively cause women to feel negatively about themselves. And I really want people to feel empowered, inspired, and validated through my through my work. So I try to look at a variety of lenses. So that process actually ended up shaping editorially how I'm going to talk about this topic where I am going to acknowledge that a lot of our satisfaction with our clothing comes from our satisfaction with our body image. But I've decided that body image is such a large topic that I wasn't really planning to explore fully in this that I'm going to spend a little time acknowledging it so that we're all kind of on the same page and then move into the fun stuff around dopamine dressing and um, how to stop hating the clothes that are in your closet. But, you know, the at, knowing that my audience is women and really wanting to be a, an advocate for women, it's important to me that I, I don't work on topics that make me part of a problem that exists in the world around so many women and and men, so many people just feeling negatively about their body. And so I, I'm realizing that with this personal growth interest comes a lot of responsibility around how I handle the subject matter. And sometimes it's really overwhelming. I mean, talk about you know reasons to not keep going. You know there's how do you get started, but there's this fear of doing it wrong or saying it wrong. And it's almost enough to make you go, I don't want to do that because if someone tells me that I got this idea wrong or something I wrote, you know, offended them in some way, which was would never in a million years be my intent, then it's um that fear is enough to make me go maybe i'll write about other things <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe not so much so i thought that writing about fashion would be so easy and so fun and then i realized that it is um potentially a loaded topic that i can't pretend like isn't
0: well you're making you're 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 viewing it from that lens right anything that we do you can make it a fun topic and turn it into that but that's not it's not how you're choosing to go. You're choosing to take. You're you choosing to look at it from a different lens and explore it from a different way, and that's what I think is interesting about this is because it's very different than what some other people are doing. You're kind of creating your own voice in it. I mean, you and I talked the other day because <laughs> I asked you about your research, like the research that you do. So when when people are listening, this isn't just, oh, Victoria gets on the mic and talks about her opinions and feelings on, on these specific topics. You're doing a lot of research. I mean, your background is in, in research and, and how do you, that would, that takes a lot of time. If you're just writing a fun post about fashion, that can be very lighthearted in a really fun, fun, unique way as well. But you're choosing to go in this direction for whatever reason. And there's a lot of research that goes behind that. So talk about what does that what does that look like and does somebody need to research that much if they want to start a blog? Definitely not. You don't need to research as much
1: as I do, but I do think my my background, so I spent many years in academia and teaching research writing. And so some of how I approach these topics is sort of with a curiosity, like I don't actually know the answers that I am trying to understand. And so I need to learn. I might have theories and hunches. That's a lot of what my work kind of starts out as, is I have a theory about something. Like For the tidiness one, I had a theory around personality and tidiness, and I wanted to use research to understand what's known about that. So I do spend a lot of time learning and researching. I used to spend a lot of time in academic libraries and doing this through academic journals and so I would say the caliber for the research that I'm using to write things for the naked librarian is slightly below that in the sense of I'm not spending as much time in academic journals. I'm usually working with um, articles that are based on academic journals, which is a little bit different. But I, would, I love reading academic journals, which um, is a, a signal that I am uh, pretty nerdy about this stuff. So I just try to immerse myself as much as I can in the topic. And when I can, I also try to make it somewhat experiential. So with tidiness, I actually was going through a big purge of items in my house. And so I talk about it like a Stanislavski method where I'm a method actor trying to understand this. And for this one that I'm working on right now, the one on dopamine dressing, I I went and met with a personal stylist. And so I think my approach is a little bit journalistic in that regard, where I talk to other people, I read other experts, and I try to report back on what they're learning. And I I don't think anyone else would have to be this severe <laughs> or this intense about it, but I that's just part of my part of my personality and it's part of my interest. And it's also just part of what I feel like is my purpose when I'm talking to my audience is I want to bring them informed information and part of that is having more of a complete conversation. Because I read tons and tons of blogs on um capsule wardrobes and I watched videos and I, and I, and I personally found all of that very interesting, but I also in that process realized that my audience doesn't need to know all of that. They just need, they might need to know a little bit of it, or sometimes you do a ton of research and then you realize it's going to just, it might not make an appearance in what you're working on at all. So as long as you're satisfied with that, to me, I could, I could research indefinitely because there's just that I would say along with like how do you know you can get you know getting started with what you've got sometimes I just have to start even though I feel like I would like to learn keep learning
0: yeah and you have to start and also publish so how did you so you started and you got you got, you got things going but a, a hard part is starting right but then another the next challenge is actually shipping getting it uh-huh. out putting it out into the world so how was that when you first launched your very first article that you wrote and put it out into the world what was that experience for you and what advice would you give to somebody who maybe has something that they've written or a video they've created and they have it sitting there and they just can't sim- they can't press that button to mm-hmm. to share it or to put it out into the world
1: well, my experience was it took so long to create it. It was very exciting to publish it. And I I also tend to feel like sometimes I'm willing to fling myself like a rubber band across the room. And then once I've landed, look around and go, oh, crap, this is scary. <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> I skip a lot of the fear that other people have with published. But my very first one came with a lot of fear and expectation because I told a really, I told two really personal stories about my life, and one of them was from the past um, about my sister's death, and that one was not as hard to tell because it happened it, some time ago. I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. I've understood how it fits into my life, but I also wrote about um, my son who's been struggling with substance use disorder, and that's ongoing. And so that was a lot harder to write about. And it felt a little bit like I was coming out to the world as a parent who has a child that an adult child who struggles with this. And it came with a lot of fear of judgment, a lot of fear of maybe him not being the people's perceptions of him, that I was afraid for that. I was afraid that I would get it wrong, that I would talk about this in a way that could hurt or alienate somebody who is suffering from substance use disorder. So I I had to work really hard in the creation of it through those fears. And I made some editorial choices around not sharing a lot around what my son's been going through, but trying to stay focused on what that experience has been like for me. And so when I published that, I was afraid that it could hurt me or someone else in some way. And I just, I don't know. I just used a lot of courage to do it. And I think that for most of us, if you have a, if you have something that you're creating and you're afraid to, to share it, for most of us, the stakes are relatively low with creating something and sharing it. I think sometimes you just have to evaluate, like, what are the stakes? What is it that I'm afraid of? Most smart people suffer from imposter syndrome. (laughs) No matter like how smart and accomplished we are, we feel afraid that someone's going to think we're not good enough or not good at it. So I just, I would say do it because (laughs) life is short and
0: self-expression is meaningful. I love that. Yes, self-expression is meaningful. All right, so Victoria, what's one activity or exercise that you would share to help somebody live a more creative life? Hmm.
1: i I used to teach personal nonfiction writing at the University of Portland. I, I taught that class for many years, and a lot of the students that came into that, it was an upper division writing class. Most of them were not English majors. So they're like in the biz, we would call them non-majors. And so they didn't even know what they were going to do in that class because on the course schedule, it's listed as advanced writing. (laughs) And so they would get into the class and a lot of them wanted to be doctors. They were in the class because they wanted the upper division writing credit to impress medical schools. And they were just, they were just passing through, right? So they would get into the class and I'm like, guess what? We're writing about our lives. (laughs) And some of them had never even written anything in college because they were so smart. They had exempted all the basic writing classes. And so they had not been writing much at all other than lab reports. And they also hadn't been writing about their lives really at all. And so one of the things that I did with them, they were awesome, by the way, like really smart, driven people are a lot of times really curious. And so a lot of them were just so excited because they felt like I need to know I'm about to graduate from college and I don't know myself very well. Maybe this will help me. And so one of the activities that I did with them, I think, is really beneficial for anyone. I tried to teach them how to think like a poet And I, we, we did a little bit of reading of poetry, but something that I, I believe that poets possess is just really keen observational skills and they notice the, the world around them. They notice the natural world. They notice other people's facial expressions. They notice um, colors and what people wear. And so I just tried to help them awaken their senses. So sometimes we would take class outside So I would say if you want to live a more creative life, spend a little more time outside and open your eyes and see what's around you. Check in with all five of your senses. What are you hearing, smelling? Well, that's two senses. There you go. (laughs) There we go. Seeing, feeling, all of those. And and see and see what happens but it's like a muscle and you need to cultivate it if you want to be more in touch with your creative side and i face this all the time sometimes i'm really trying to express either an emotion or i'm trying to create an image in someone's mind and i have to go back to my senses in mm-hmm. order to really do that
0: yeah oh i love that I learned that from one of my friends when, when I was first getting into poetry, it's about all the senses. You try to kind of paint that picture of all the senses and making things really specific. I learned that too, when it comes to poetry is I think with, with writing, it's interesting. We, it it might actually have been Kyle who, when I think whenever I want to type the word things, I'm like, no, what, what can I replace it with? Because that doesn't mean anything. Right. So. Yeah, being really specific. But I love that. All right. Well, Victoria, where can people uh, find out more about you and get into your whole Naked Library world? Yes. Uh, So go on over to nakedlibrarian.com
1: and sign up for my weekly newsletter. It's called Recess. And I'm just wrapping up today, my second edition. So if you're listening to this months from now, <laughs> just <laughs> just know that you are at you're hearing from the very beginning of things getting started. But naked, if you go to nakedlibrary.com and you sign up, you will always be the first to know when an episode of the Naked News comes out, and you will also weekly hear from me where I give um, a lot of fun wellness tips and personal growth topics, things that are just there for you to take a break from your life and uh, take what you want, or like, as I like to say, take what you
0: want or take it all. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting today. You are awesome. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to watch you in this journey. It's always fun to watch somebody put something new out into the world and just get to explore and create and just kind of see what happens and and what doors open up and who you meet and things you get to experience. So have so much fun with it. Thank you. And there you have it. I hope that you found value in this episode. It was really wonderful to get to chat with Victoria. She is so passionate about the work that she does. She is a passionate writer and creator and storyteller. And I'm really excited for her journey in this Naked Librarian uh, idea because it's something that is meaningful to her. And because it's meaningful to her, it will be meaningful to other people. And just like with your project, whatever it is, we have to get started and kind of just see what shows up, right? I mean, the only way for us to know what's on the other side of our dream is to start chasing it, going after it, and seeing what comes from it. So I hope that you feel inspired after this episode uh, to work on whatever project it is that lights you up, that fuels your soul. (laughs) Uh, As always, thank you so much for listening. Um, Hey, listen, I I had had talked about this uh, earlier, but, or, or on the some of my later episodes. Uh, my book came out, my book uh, called Do What You Love. If you haven't yet got a copy, I would love for you to pick up a copy over on Amazon. You can uh, find it on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com and a couple of other places. But I know most of you are probably getting your books from Amazon. Um, and so would love for you to read the book, support the book. And if you do read the book, I would love for you to review it and rate it over on Amazon. Uh, it does help the book to to get into the hands of as many people as possible. And that is, that is my goal, uh, to get it into the hands of the right people. So thank you so much for all of your support. I appreciate you. And until next time, go create something.